welcome to the Katie Halper Show. I'm your host, Katie Halper, and I'm joined, as always, by... Hey, what's going on, guys? It's me. It's Gabe Pacheco. Very Funny Man has a weekly show on Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. That's right. Come check it out at Pete's Candy Store. It's always free, and we always want to see you. Yes. They you... do. I was going to say, yes, we do, and I was like, oh, it's a bit presumptuous. What were yeah. you saying? Oh, that's all. I just was wondering. Do you have, do you have any live performances coming I up this do. week? I did one yesterday, actually, and... What else? But uh, but I'll keep people informed. I'm gonna start getting out there more. It's the it's the radio is my life. You know how it is. And I, like, I but understand. It's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. Don't forget, we're now at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Say it with me. 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Wednesdays. And you can find us on Facebook, the Katie Halper Show. You can find us, uh, listen to us Wednesdays at 7 p.m. at wbi.org online or 99.5 FM. And we're also on iTunes and SoundCloud. And pretty soon we're gonna start a Patreon. Uh, campaign a patreon oh, it's gonna it be great yeah yeah it's uh, gonna be me it's gonna be me we're gonna have uh extra bonuses. extra we're gonna have bonuses and we're gonna have content that's just for the subscribers yes. so uh get on board with that we have a great show for you today we're going to be talking to Merced Zahid from Credo he's going to be telling us about the TPP who's down with TPP the Trans-Pacific Partnership uh or the trans Apartment partnership, whatever Senator Jeffrey Sessions called it. The Trans-Pacific Apartment uh, uh, Partnership Agreement. Great senator, very small man, big fan of his from Alabama. And we're also going to be talking to Crystal Two Bulls from Red Warrior Camp, and she's going to be talking to us about what happened at North Dakota, where they are protesting the pipeline that's being built uh, under rivers and across sacred Sioux burial sites. And they've already managed to bulldoze some of those sacred sites, which is great. And they've used um, attack dogs and um, they've used pepper spray. So it's a nice callback to Jim Crow era tactics. Oh, my God. Totally big deal. Next week, guess who's coming on? Gigi. Glenn Greenwald. No big deal. Just some Glenn Greenwald. Wow. Wow, right? We've yeah. been trying, we're so happy. And the week after that, ready for this? Jim Hightower. Get out of town. The Texan. Yeah. Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Don't let them pick guitars. And, and we are so happy to be talking to Merced Zahid who is political director of Credo Mobile. Rashad, can you tell us a little bit about Credo? We're big fans of Credo. Well, thank you very much for having me on, Katie. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's an honor to be on your show. We, we have an immense amount of respect for what you have done over the years uh, as a progressive activist, how you're always pushing hard from the left flank on so many issues. Thanks. And, and all your recent activisms. So Credo Action is the activist arm of Credo Mobile, uh, the San Francisco-based social change organization that is devoted to fighting for progressive change and fighting back against right-wing attacks all, all around the country. And Credo is a network uh, of over 4.2 million activists. You are for profit, but you do good things with your profits? Yes. Great. Uh, we donate a part of our revenue to progressive uh, causes. We have given away over $81 million in the last 30-something years. Recently, we have been donating to organizations such as Color of Change, United We Dream, Rewire, ACLU, Planned Parenthood, Social Security Works, Sierra Club or 350.org, uh, folks organizing Walmart workers and public citizens, the, uh, the, the organization that is out there in front uh, fighting to stop the TPP. It's great. So let's talk about the TPP. But first, I just want to say, you know, we could start maybe a prog progressive radio show uh, program. Maybe your, your donors would love to support that. We don't have yeah, to, we not to put you on the spot. Take but, over the airwaves. Yeah. Preaching well, the credo message. We, we, exactly. uh, we love our progressive friends who are out doing, uh, fighting the good fight. That's great. We'll, we'll work out the details after the show and get back to everyone. But yeah. um, so, yes, please tell us about the TPP. Something I think is, that's wrong with the TPP is that it's, I mean, there's lots of things wrong with it. But one of the hard things about it is it's so unsexy because it's so... Um, hard for people to wrap their heads around, partly because uh, it's not that open, right? That's been the point. People... There's no vowels. There's... NAFTA okay. was much easier you know to talk That's about. A very good point. NAFTA had the vowels yes. in its court. 
<laughs> and that made it much more accessible of a story, literally. And um, TPP, and you TPP. just think, what do you think? You think toilet paper. Extra strain toilet paper, like double double yeah. bind. What's it called? Double quilted? Double. Love that. Yeah. Charmin. Charmin, yeah. Super soft. This is the not so charming TPP. Right. This is a much more abrasive, economically oh abrasive uh, TPP. Merced, we're creating such good ads, ad campaigns for you guys. Such oh, great It's, it's memes, cutting edge, I tell right? you. I mean, you know, you can rap to it. I've oh already God. heard things like TPP, yeah, you know me. Right. And I'm dating myself <laughs> as a 40-year-old. No, I know. Um, who is that? It's a Naughty by Nature, right? Get out with Yeah, great yeah. song for middle right? school so, dances. Yeah. So whatever I'm finding, I have my college memories flashing through my head. So so there you have it. No, but I think you're right. You know, it is it is a very wonky topic. But I will share one positive bit, though. You know, I have been involved in politics for a long time. And I was an intern in D.C. when the NAFTA fight was going down. And I'll tell you, the NAFTA fight was much easier for the corporate wing of the Democratic Democratic Party than the TPP. You know, President Clinton and the Democratic Leadership Council and all those guys uh, working with the modern Republicans, they were able to get that through. TPP, there has been an unprecedented opposition and fight against it, outrage against it. We're hearing that it's a it's a boogeyman. It's a it's a monster. It's uh it's it's like the Babadook that's uh, ha haunting us? Uh, the most obvious points are jobs, right? When you when you are signing a monster trade deal like TPP, you are essentially making our workforce vulnerable, which is going to result in uh, loss of thousands of thousands of jobs. I mean, you're not going to be able to have our workers compete against child slavery. Uh, I use the word child slavery. That's, that's pretty much sometimes what happens in places like Vietnam. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and 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 that's going to wreck our communities uh, like it already has in the Midwest, in the Rust Belt states and, um, um, and elsewhere. And the other thing that that I think you guys might have uh, heard about TPP is the TPP, uh, the trade deal will allow uh, uh, proliferation of secretive courts. Whoa. You know, Wait, secret, so when you say secretive courts, I, I think about guys wearing uh, like black ski masks, uh, banging gavels. What do you, what do you no mean by that? I have no idea what they wear in these courts. I, I, you know, I can probably say probably on black ski masks, but these are courts that are, that are not accessible to the public. And these are courts. So there's are, no live streaming in the court. There will be no live streaming. And they are specifically designed to give corporations an upper hand. And even more they, than they already get. Even more wow. than they already get. In fact, you know, uh, what happened recently, you saw President Obama recently rejected Keystone Pipeline, right? Which mm -hmm. was awesome. That wasn't the end of the story. Now, because NAFTA allows a little panel of international lawyers set up in the secretive courts, Canadian uh, company who was uh, going to push Keystone, they are suing the U.S. government Whoa. over Keystone XL, asking for billions in damages. That is just a preposterous. This is the provision that uh, Senator Warren is so up in arms about. Now, what about the medicine? There's People keep talking about the um, patents. People keep talking about um, life-saving medicines being becoming less accessible? It essentially allows big pharma companies to maintain their monopolies, which limits the accessibility of life-saving medicines. It is so bad. I mean, I think you guys know what Doctors Without border, Borders is, right? When yeah, it heard comes of it. To, when it comes to integrity, they're impeccable. They took the unprecedented step to speak out against the TPP. They said, and I quote them, TPP is a bad deal for medicine, it's bad for humanitarian medical treatment providers, and it's bad for people who need access to affordable medicines around the world, including in the United States. TPP essentially has provisions that locks in a lot of the monopoly, the monopolistic hold up that a lot of the big pharma has. And um, 
unbelievably, as much as the uh, administration gave it away on TPP, Republicans like Orrin Hatch are asking for more wow. and even more protections for for this big pharma monopolies. And they're it's trying to enough. make this bad deal even worse. Oh, man, these big pharma monopolies. That sounds great if you're a stockholder in uh, like uh, like Pfizer right. or GlaxoSmithKline or uh, Mylan. Mylan. Sounds yeah. great. Mylan. Absolutely. I don't know if those specific uh, companies are engaged in it, but I do know that the way TPP is set up, it currently will only benefit the big pharma and only compound the terrible problem that we have in terms of accessibility to affordable drugs in our country. I think the rhetoric that we hear coming from the administration is just so beyond absurd. You know, like you will, you will hear things like, oh, this is the most progressive trade deal in American history. No. I mean... If progress you, is the destruction of yeah, man, humankind. Yeah, progress is a relative term. Progressive trade deal compared to who? There's not... Right. You have so much far to go up. Compared and, to NAFTA? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, why does I Obama... Mean, they keep talking about his legacy. Why Why would Obama... Like, I would, would hold his arms behind his back and put some comfortable restraints on him... Because I wouldn't want his legacy to be tarnished with and this. I, I I like on Facebook all of the success memes, like uh, all of the uh, isn't Obama so cool pictures with him wearing sunglasses right. and like, man. And, and I like all of the posts that say, can't we just have this guy for another eight right. years? But but I feel but I, I feel like this you're the, you're sending a counter narrative here. What, what What's up with him loving TPP so yeah. much? I, I don't know. Maybe somebody should look into donations for his presidential library. Ooh, follow the money. Follow the money. You've watched The Wire as well, I see, Marchette. But you start to follow the money, and you don't know where the fuck it's going to take you. In fact, we're calling Marchette right now on a burner phone. Um, No, no. No, 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 just just kidding. I I think that's something, if he really wants to craft the legacy of being the most progressive president since, I don't know, LBJ or whatnot, TPP will essentially destroy it. And I, I actually think it will... It will change his legacy in a significant way. He has done a lot of good things. There may be a TPP wing of the Obama Library that we should look out for. Yeah. Or Mylan. Mylan wing. There just uh, may be. I mean, and we are already seeing how toxic that kind of stuff is. You know, we see the Clinton Foundation and all the issues that that has created. One would think people would look into what kind of connections there are. We'll get on it. It just makes no sense why the president would be working so hard to doing bidding or corporate crafts. One of the grossest things I've ever seen, and I'm not being hyperbolic when I say this, was Obama going on the Jimmy Fallon show. What is it, slow jamming? Slow jamming. Slow jamming the TPP. The American people face an important decision this fall. The entire world is watching and they look to us for stability and leadership. Now, I know some of the presidential candidates have been critical of my foreign policy. I don't want to name any names. He's talking about Donald Trump. But I believe it is of the utmost importance to work alongside other world leaders. That's why I signed the Iran nuclear deal. That's why we reopened diplomatic ties with Cuba. And that's why I negotiated the new trade deal called the Trans-Pacific Partnership, or TPP. Now, hold on there, Fred Dispenser. Are you saying you're down with TPP? Yeah, you know me. Look, Jimmy, the TPP allows American businesses to sell their products both at home and abroad. The more we sell abroad, the more higher paying jobs we provide here at home. It's that simple. So what you're saying is this trade deal will help put everyday Americans back to work, 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 work. Work, 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 work. America's best days are still yet to come. Thank you, Mr. President, for all that you've done. This country's on track, and that is a fact. Once you go back, you will never go back. Thank you for leading the red, white, and the blue. That is how we slow jam the news. Oh, yeah. I was very disappointed. You know, I like Jimmy Fallon. My 
daughter likes Jimmy Fallon because we watched the Jimmy Fallon Elmo Roots right. videos. They're pretty fun. So when I saw that, I kind of broke my heart. I'm like, come on. It sounds man. like a Mel Brooks bit. Yeah. Like, it does. Uh, like, like a, the producers. A, yeah, or like the Inquisition song, yeah. you know, like a really uplifting uh, take on a on something that could be devastating and I impact a lot of people it. It, I, I negatively. I thought it was very Orwellian. Yeah. The term that I that yes. I could come up with, talking the slow jam to TPP and and, and asserting that it creates job jobs uh, with no credible proofs, uh, that's just Orwellian. Right. Me. I mean, it's pushing things that will kill people, right? I mean, this policy, this agreement will kill lots of people. Everything it will, we do. It will potentially kill people. It will potentially kill child labor uh, laborers in Vietnam. It will potentially kill people because of lack of right. access to, to medicine. Just like NAFTA has hurt our communities and destroyed our communities, TPP, based on what we have seen historically, this is going to hurt people. It's really going to hurt our communities. Right. Well, Ben Jealous had that amazing future future guest of the show. Ben Jealous had an amazing plea that he made at the Democratic Platform Committee in Orlando. My name is Ben Jealous, and I'm a lifelong civil rights organizer. I spent my early 20s stumping against NAFTA. And he said, look, we need to oppose the TPP unequivocally, and we need to do it because it's the right thing to do, and that's and we're Democrats because we stand with the underrepresented, the disenfranchised. We are Democrats first and foremost because we believe in the power of organizing and uplifting regular people to improve the destinies for their families. We know that we cannot afford for Vietnam and all the other countries in the TPP to finish the job that NAFTA started in destroying manufacturing in the United States. But we also need to do it because, duh, it's going to be to Trump's advantage if we don't come out strongly against the TPP. Because Trump, regardless of his motives, um, has come out more strongly than Clinton on this issue. We are facing something in all my years campaigning against bad trade agreements we have never seen before, which is a Republican opponent who intends to run clearly against the TPP. In order to empower every democratic organizer across this country this fall, we must empower them to say clearly the Democratic Party, through its platform, is on record as being opposed to the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Two minutes left. Thank you. He was so moving. I know. Uh, I, I watched it on a Saturday morning here. I don't know why, in my pajamas. Right. <laughs> you know, watching it on being live streamed because it was not being shown to anybody else. And uh, uh, Ben Ben was so moving and so inspiring. And he really hit it on the nail, uh, head, like in terms of why uh, the party really had to take right. an unequivocal position against it. Nobody and, on the Clinton side of the platform committee, none of her people that she or or Debbie appointed which they're basically the same person, as we know politically from the leaked documents. Anyway, no one would come out and speak against it. They voted yeah. against opposing it strongly, but they would not speak about it because yeah, they know I it's mean, embarrassing. They would say TPP is a bad thing, but they just did not want to put it in the platform saying that we oppose the TPP. It didn't make any sense to me. Let me make it very clear. I, I was not a Bernie Sanders, like a big supporter like we, Credo did not endorse any of the candidates. It's okay. Uh, we we'll still not, support I, you as an organization. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, TPP, we just think it's a no-brainer. But after all that, we will take the Secretary Clinton and her award. And, you know, we want to give her the benefit of the doubt and, and accept that she opposes the TPP. But we think if she really means her opposition against it, and she really means it, she needs to come out right. and say there should be no lame duck vote for the TPP. Right. She she should say all Democrats should vote again, uh, should should be speaking out against any lame duck for vote right. for the TPP. And if she says that, it will make a difference right. because she is seen as one of the leaders of the parties now right. after President Obama. And she'll be able to get the people she needs to get who are the progressives. Since conservatives have nowhere to go, they're all going to go to her. They already have. But if she wants to actually, you know push herself over the top so she can defeat this so-called fascist, which I think would be a priority, you may have to also court progressives, not just neocons and generals. But that's me. There was a sense that the Obama administration would try be able to come in and try to get this through this year. 
But you know what? That hasn't happened thanks to the work of the progressive movement. Our friends at Public Citizen fight for the future, demand progress. Our brothers and sisters in the union movement and and the big allies that we have in the Senate, including Senator Bernie Sanders, Senator Elizabeth Warren. You know, there has been a powerful, powerful fight back against against this terrible, no good trade deal. It's essentially NAFTA on steroids, you know, and, th- and many thanks to leadership of Senator Bernie Sanders and Senator Warren, who made this an absolute toxic non-starter during the Democratic primary campaign, forcing Secretary Clinton to come out against it. Do you know... How many times Secretary Clinton spoke out in support of TPP? Well, I would guess that the number of times she spoke out in support of it is probably close to the number of times she spoke out against it. No, not yet. Not yet. Okay, so you, I don't know how, how 40, many. 45. 45. That, that's the time she came out pro? Yeah, that's, that's how many times she spoke out in favor of TPP okay, 45. when she was in Secretary of State. Okay. But because of the activism from uh, hundreds of thousands of credo members and other folks in the progressive movement, we forced her to come out against it in 2000, uh, 2015 and 2016 and essentially make this a non-starter. And, and this is also happening on the other side as well because on, um, uh, on the Republican side, now this is an absolute a toxic uh it's a toxic proposal for both the Democrats and Republicans. How many you know, times she, has she come out ag- against it? Because you said she came out for it 45 times. How many times did yeah. she come out against it around? I don't know. I can. Five, I think she, she probably has spoke out nationally against it maybe five, six times. So we have like 40 more times to go. before. Or she's... Even, you know, at this point, it's not even like the fact that she needs to come out against it. She needs to say that I am against any lame duck vote on TPP. And, you know, think about the dynamic here. You know why a lame duck vote is so bad? The reason why they want to do lame duck vote, because a lame duck Congress is not responsible to anybody. Think about it. These guys are going to roll in and stroll in after the elections are over. Right. Are they going to come back to D.C.? A lot of these guys hopefully will be voted out, right? And, 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 and if they're voted out, they're not going to be accountable, any, accountable to anybody. So a lot of, you know, so how a lot of these guys are going to vote, they're going to vote based on their career interest. Mm. Some of these guys are probably going to vote eyeing jobs on K Street in D.C. or on Wall Street in New York. So they're going to look to sell out. They're going to look to put a price tag on their foreheads. So it is it is just beyond cynical that the president um, and the administration is pushing so hard to uh, 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 for a lame duck vote. It just makes the only way it makes sense is that they want they they want a Congress to take a vote on it when they know they are not going to be an accountable on it. And if Secretary Clinton really means all her rhetoric on TPP, how she's against it, she should say that a lame duck vote on TPP is deeply ir- irresponsible and it makes no sense. And if she's really uh, put, wants to push back against it, she should say that it should be left to the next administration. There is a good chance uh, that we could potentially stop it this year. If we stop the TPP from coming up during lame duck, lame duck session, which is going to happen after the elections, uh, we could stop it once and for all. And so how do people so- do that? How do people stop it from coming up in the lame duck session? That's the first step, right? Yeah, that's one of the first steps. And so I'll tell you how. We have been um, really engaged in activism. Our, our members, uh, I tell you, during summertime, they made like over almost 4,000 phone calls to uh, Leader Pelosi's office uh, saying that you need to come out and speak out against the lame duck TPP. We have, they, I believe, like almost 75,000 credo members signed the petition asking Secretary Clinton that, you know what, just, just, just opposing the TPP is not enough. You need to come out. If you really mean your opposition against the TPP, you must speak out and lead against a lame duck vote on TPP. You know, that's something she has kind of been a little quiet on. She's right. not been she's not very explicit on. And we've been asking people to put put pressure 
on it. People can go to act.credoaction.com and you'll see those petitions. And we're at 82% on the Pelosi one and 74 on the Clinton one. So we really need to bank, you know, push on the Clinton petition. We're going to do that. The last couple of months this summer, we had been working with um, our friends in the progressive movement by Fight for the Future, FLCIO, Demand Progress, and CWA in putting together Rock Against the TPP concerts. We have had concerts in Denver, in Seattle, in Portland, and we have one coming up, this big one, in San Francisco on, on Friday, where there are thousands of people are going to turn out uh, uh, to speak out against the TPP. And the regions, the cities that I'm uh, uh, telling you about, uh, they are all strategic. They're all cities where we have had Democratic members who, um, or Democratic leaders who have been somewhat, someone on the fence, like uh, totally not committal, one war against the TPP. By having a place, uh, like a concert, like in a place like San Francisco, uh, it puts heavy pressure on leader Pelosi. Oh, yeah, And also, also the Cal- uh, Democrats in California, that they must hold the line and vote against TPP if it even comes up during lame dock. Right. And, and and the numbers are in favor. Overwhelming majority of Democrats hate the TPP and they don't want to vote for the TPP, except for like about 10 or 15. And big chunk of the Republicans don't want to vote for the TPP either. So if we hold a Democratic firewall, if we get all the Democrats to be united against it, we can stop it. Merced, thank you so much for coming on. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thanks. All right. Bye, Merced. Thank Bye. you again. Take care. Bye. Me too. That yeah. was so fun. So TPP uh, gre- greasing the slide on the on the on the race to the bottom. Who's yeah? I like it. Who's that? It's like a slide. It's like a slip. No, it's like a fun slide for kids. Mm-hmm. That Obama thing. It's, disgust- it's like everything that we hate about Obama, which is that we love about him, which is his swagger and his coolness. Like seeing him apply that to something so evil is like really. I get turning the, thing. the turning the charm on. Yeah, for the for a bad cause and for a bad cause that's so clearly subtly bad right that's the thing that's why i get these people who i used to roll my eyes at and i still do a little bit who are like oh it's even worse that that obama's like that because you know he's just selling it better than the republicans and their differences obviously their differences we know that but it's like that is some sordid stuff right wasn't it better when politicians were all sweaty nixons yes and like you could tell totally and uh now you know they're all they're all like uh you know they got nice teeth tanned, powdered powdered or naturally shine free yeah they've got a. Uh, They've got a Twitter accounts. Yeah. Oh, and Obama can pull off that gray hair. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah. He looks better with gray hair. Distinguished. Men are so lucky in that respect. Cis, cis men. No, no men. Just men. Just men. Yes, all men. And today we're going to be talking to Crystal Two Bulls from Red Warrior Camp. And she's going to be talking to us about North Dakota. Democracy Now! has done amazing work on this story. Here's some of their reporting. On Saturday uh, in North Dakota, security guards working for the Dakota Access Pipeline Company attacked Native Americans with dogs and pepper spray as they resisted the $3.8 billion pipeline's construction. If completed, the Dakota Access Pipeline would carry about 500,000 barrels of crude per day from North Dakota's Bakken oil field to Illinois, where it would meet up with an existing pipeline that would carry the oil all the way down to Texas. The pipelines face months of resistance from the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe and members of nearly 100 more tribes from across the U.S. and Canada. Well, Democracy Now! was on the ground Saturday. Standing at the construction site of the Dakota Access Pipeline, it looks like there are at least three bulldozers that are, to people's surprise at this moment, uh, actually bulldozing the land. There's a helicopter above, there's security here, and hundreds of people have been marching up when they heard that the construction site is actually active right now. People have gone through the fence, men, women, and children. The bulldozers are still going, and they're yelling at the men in hard hats. One man in hard hat threw one of the protesters down. Some of the security have dogs. These people are just threatening all of us with these dogs. And she, that woman over there, she was charging him and it bit somebody right in the face. Over there, with that dog. I was like walking, throw the dog on me straight, even without any warning, you know? Look at this, look at this. The dog yeah, the dog did it, you know? Look at this. Yeah, dog did it. Man, your dog just bit this protester. Your dog just bit that protester. 
Are you telling the dogs to bite the protesters? And then it charged at me and tried to bite me, and she's still, they're still threatening oh, to stop against us, and we're not doing anything. Why are you letting their, her dog go after the protesters? It's covered in blood. One of the pipeline security men unleashes a dog into the crowd. Protesters respond using a flagpole and sticks to fend off the dog attacks. After the protesters said that the dog was bloody from biting them, they then pulled the dogs away, and now pickup truck by pickup truck is pulling away. We are speaking now to Crystal Tubles. She is a water protector and environmental activist with Red Warrior Camp. She just returned to Albuquerque after spending two weeks in North Dakota, where she was protesting the pipeline. Hi, Crystal. Hey. Hey. Hi. So thank you so much for speaking to us. Yeah, thank you for having me. And can you just tell us a little bit about what's going on there? What brought you there? Yeah. So um, what brought me there, basically, um, this is family. Like, I'm, I'm Oglala, Lakota, Northern Cheyenne. Um, uh, from both my tribes, we have stories that go all the way back to our creation that um, are connected to that specific area around where the cannonball meets the Missouri. Um, and so I feel like, you know, not only did I go there to protect the water, but I was really summoned there to make that stand and to be there on the ground. And, um, you know, I have relatives that were on the ground already, uh, organizing. And so they put calls out for, for people to come in and to protect the land and to protect the water. Uh, so my partner and I, uh, we were in Salt Lake when we got the call that they needed people on the ground. And so we just, uh, we had some of our friends jump in with us and we just caravaned the rest of the way up to North Dakota. And then we had stayed there uh, for the last two and a half weeks. And then um, we just came back to Albuquerque briefly to just um, pay bills and we're headed back up on Thursday. And so we'll be back up there and, you know, we're, we've committed to the long haul. And so if we need to be there through winter, then we're, we're making arrangements to do that. And wow. so I'll be, I'll be back with our, on the ground on Thursday. As far as what's going on right now on the ground, as far as actions and nonviolent direct action goes, um, these corporations are really intelligent about how they approach these things. And this isn't the first indigenous community that they've come in and attacked. And so they were fully prepared for this type of force being used on us. Um, they set the campaign through the media by feeding the media and feeding local media more specifically, um, you know, messaging that says and labels us as the villains, labels water protectors as being violent, as being hostile, as being angry and aggressive. Um, and that wasn't the case. We've always maintained a nonviolent stance. We've always maintained um, and encouraged people to remain unarmed. Um, and that that's what we stand by. But they, they set that, um, that narrative in the media and so what they were doing is basically a tactic. They were just setting the tone and setting that for when they chose to use um, lethal, barbaric methods on us. Then it would be justified in mainstream media because they set that tone already. Um, and that's basically what happened. Um, you know, we're, we're still doing nonviolent direct action. We're, uh, we're linking ourselves to the equipment to stop construction. We're we're gathering as a mass assembly. So just this large group of people just basically standing in the way of equipment to prevent them from digging up burial sites and ceremonial sites and sacred sites to us as people. Um, and so we're, we're maintaining that stance. And on Saturday's attack, it was just really apparent that there's no reason, reasoning uh, with this. There's no logic that's coming from them. Um, the handlers that handled the dogs were just completely out of control. They had their dogs so amped up and they were so unprofessionally prepared for this that the dogs turned back on the handlers and were biting their handlers. Um, and wow. then they had to let them go. So these dogs were running wild because their handlers couldn't even take care of them and manage them. Um, we had one a pregnant woman that was attacked and bitten. Uh, we had another woman attacked and bitten. We had uh, male warriors standing and trying to protect the women who had gotten bitten. 
Um, and we had a horse even was bitten. We had over 36 people were maced and sprayed down. Um, and um, some people, there was like a small handful of people that were actually physically assaulted and thrown to the ground and punched by the security guards. Um, and so that's kind of the state and that's the aggression that they're bringing towards us. Um, and immediately after that had happened and we, we pushed out to the media to make sure to remind people that are supporting us that we need to remain nonviolent and we need to remain unarmed. That's really significant and we need to remain in solidarity with each other. And so we're continuing to maintain that. Um, we have two folks locked down to, um, to equipment currently right now and they were awaiting the judge's decision about the emergency cease and desist order that the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe had requested on Friday um, to stop the construction before they got to the burial sites. But that had already happened on Saturday. Today we stopped construction again, um, and the judge just made an order on that, that any construction um, to the west of, of Highway 1806 next to the river will continue. Um, any construction to the east will be halted. Um, on the east side is where our camps are located, and that's specifically where the pipeline will go under the Missouri River. Um, but to the west is where on Friday we identified the sacred sites, and those are the ones that were bulldozed. And now the judge is allowing that construction to continue. So can you explain um, that, so that's, that you guys yes. revealed the location of these sacred sites, and which are burial sites, correct? Yes. And it was after then, because that was not, was is that not known outside of this community? In other words, um, is that not No. It's not public knowledge. No. So you do no. that, and then coincidentally, in theory, coincidentally, yeah. I mean, in theory, the um, yeah. bulldozers show up there. Yeah. They, I mean, they just happened to jump up ahead 10 to 15 miles from where they had stopped construction the day before on a holiday weekend on a Saturday that they don't usually work, they jumped up ahead 10, 15 miles and bulldozed burial sites. And who asked for this, um, when you, you, you um, divulged or gave, a, you know, opened up about the locations of these sacred burial grounds, who had requested that? Uh, the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe had actually uh, worked in collaboration with a local uh, private landowner that allowed our tribal historian to go onto the land and to identify sites um, because the whole lawsuit is based on the premise that the tribe was never consulted on any of this. And so they know that there's sites all up and down this river, but they were never consulted. And so then they went and they tried to identify these sites and they submitted for an emergency cease and desist order. Um, but the company still came in on a weekend and constructed and destroyed those sites. Well, it's not just that they still did that, right? It seems like they actually, they used the information that was trying to be used justifiably to halt the bulldozing, right? And in yes. their attempt to make their case, um, these people actually unwittingly, unknowingly, empowered the people who are trying to destroy their, their sacred ground to do so, right? Because they, they, in order to make their case in court, they were actually doing what you're supposed to do and laying out their case. And that came back to hurt them because yep. this isn't a company that's totally, you know, lacks any scruples. Um, yeah, exactly. And it's just such a perfect metaphor. Like you kind of can't make this up. It's literally like the destruction. It's not just the destruction of your, of, of these, of the land of these people. Um, it's not just like doing it in an illegal and unfair way. I feel like the, the whole thing about tearing up sacred burial grounds is like, it made me think about uh, like putting a pipeline through Jerusalem, like what that would yeah. look like. And can you imagine? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that would never happen. Just imagine right. what would happen. I mean, it's a little different. Yeah, because, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it would happen though yeah, in Palestine. No, exactly. <laughs> in Palestine, a pipeline through Palestine, right? Um, so, do you know of any of the things? I mean, what happened when the the bulldozers did what they did? What happened to the to the the grounds? Like, were people there trying to collect the the artifacts and and stuff like that? Um, you know, I don't think so. I do know that the following day that we had to go in and we actually, you know, held ceremony in that space, um, you know, based on our own beliefs and our own uh, spirituality. 
uh, to acknowledge what had just happened. Um, and, and that's a pretty big deal. You know, like we don't, it's a really big uh, blow to each and every one of us to dig up the bones of our ancestors and do that too. Um, but no, I don't think at, in the moment, the goal was to stop the bulldozers from progressing and to stop the bulldozing of the current sites that they were already going over. Um, and so that's why it was a mass assembly of people um, standing in the way of those bulldozers. Um, and they did stop construction. The bulldozers did back off and leave, uh, but not after you know, not before they, they did what they came to do. That's so disgusting. And do you remember where you were when the burial grounds were being bulldozed? Like where you were when you found out about it? Yeah, I was, I was sitting at my, my computer. I handle all the media and or not all of it, but some of the media, I handle um, a lot of our messaging and I handle our weeks of solidarity stuff. And so I was, I was trying to get messaging out and I was trying to do all of that on my laptop. And then all of a sudden I start getting like messages from people on the ground and I start getting live feeds coming up and people texting me and sending me personal messages about what was going on. And so I, you know, I quickly started like getting a hold of everyone and trying to get video, trying to get coverage and trying to get the message out there of what was happening right on the ground. Um, as fast as I could get it out there. It's, it's still really surreal, you know, that, I mean, and it didn't really clearly hit until I seen the, uh, the memes that are being created now by people uh, comparing what happened in like Selma or in Birmingham to what has happened there on the ground. And I mean, yeah, it's just, it's surreal. Like you can't even, you can't make this up. And what did you feel? I mean, I'm just curious, like how did it affect you physically or emotionally or intellectually when you heard that they had actually bulldozed this area? I never knew that I could feel like so much anger and so much like, pain and be so sad um but be so much more motivated at the same time um I think seeing people that I care about hurt and in pain and physically in danger um it drove me a little crazy for a moment uh not being there with them and not being able to be on the front lines with them um that was really difficult and so my best way of processing that was just like getting to work like, we got to get this message out there. We need to control this narrative and we need people to know what happened. And it has to come from our perspective. Otherwise, it's going to be um, unfair. Right. And so, you know, I really busied myself afterwards. Um, and yeah. then, you know, I was really angry. But I think it's also a really good reminder of, you know, it's easy to make right decisions and healthy decisions when things are smooth. But when things get tough and you're faced with this type of oppression in, in these forms, um, you really have to dig deep uh, and remember who you are and really stay in that prayer and try to harness all of that energy and put it towards creating real change. And what can people do who want to support this, what you're doing? So there's lots of different ways to support. Uh, the, the first one that I would recommend is come to Standing Rock. Um, we invite all allies, all groups, anyone that drinks water. We invite you to come up to Standing Rock and make a stand with us. Um, come be there. Come get that experience and come stand for something. Um, and then if you're not able to be there with us physically, that's awesome too. Like we have our uh, Global Weeks of Solidarity going on right now. And that's, that started on September 3rd and will end on September 17th. And so we're asking people in groups from all over the world to do actions in solidarity with Standing Rock, not only to support us, but also to like to help those that are trying to get their movements off the ground as well and to get attention on what they're experiencing with other pipelines around this world. Um, we want to be able to lend a hand in that as well. And so we're encouraging people to, to plan actions, join an action near you. Um, also, there's a lot of stuff on social media. Share everything you can from Sacred Stone Camp, from Red Warrior Camp, and from the Standing Rock Sioux Tribes website. Um, share everything you can. Uh, we have, what else do we have? We have Facebooks. We all have Twitters. We all have Instagrams. Uh, there's petitions that are circulating on each one of those pages. It's the same petition, um, but we're trying to get as many signatures on that as we can. Uh, we have call-in numbers that people can call in to different um, representatives and congressmen that have uh, decision-making uh, power. Uh, 
we're able to target different people. We're targeting the banks that are financing this. We're targeting the insurance companies. Uh, we're targeting um, the security firm, the construction firm. All of these people that are involved with this are all international organizations. And we need to make it an international issue. It needs to be a global issue. And we all have to be able to play our part in that, whatever it might be. Right. Um, in addition to that, you can send supplies. Um, each site has their own supply list. And they also have their own ways to do monetary donations as well. Oh, great. And what sites are those? There's um, on Facebook, there's Red Warrior Camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's Sacred Stone Camp. And then Standing Rock dot org is the standing rock sioux tribes page so those three different uh places you can find supply lists you can find donation links and you can find each of our legal funds as well hashtags on twitter are dakota access pipeline and um no dapple um and and then we're also doing so n o and then all caps d a p l Mm -hmm. we're also doing mani wachoni it means water is life so hashtag capital m and then N as in November, I, and then a capital W, I-C-O-N-I. This um, pipeline was going over the uh, Missouri River about a half a mile upstream from the tribal reservation. And uh, how frequent it is that uh, pipelines leak and how this is devastating. This has the potential to really devastate the ecology of uh, significant yeah. amounts of land in North Dakota and and wherever yeah. all of that water travels, so it's a it's a huge issue for for everyone in that part of the country. Exactly, and and actually, this pipeline is going under the river. It's not going over. Right. If it was going over, we would be able to identify when leaks happen and when they occurred. But this pipeline is going underneath the river, and. Wow. So who knows when these leaks are going to be identified? Who knows when they're going to get to them? Or how far away the uh, the toxic effects will be. Right. This is stuff yeah. that we've seen all over, like with Flint, Michigan, the fact that everybody had lead poisoning, uh, and it, t- it mm-hmm. took so long for them to figure that out. Yeah, right. Right. It's one of these things where I feel like increasingly all these things that we think about not affecting us, as corny as this sounds, like I want people to care about issues because they affect our not just our own direct community but because we care about our fellow um people around the world right like we should care about that stuff but the way it's it's shaping up now it's kind of like it's impossible not to care about these issues because they are so especially these environmental ones they're so overwhelmingly um their impact is so far reaching and it's so reaching so so much further than we even understand because we don't even have the science or documentation, right? Because all of this stuff is hidden. We just spoke to Merced Sahid about the TPP and it's the same thing. It's these international, uh, these corporations that put, as as cliche as this is, uh, profits over people. Like no one can afford to be selfish anymore because what happens mm-hmm. in my neighborhood no longer uh no one's insulated from from other areas, right? With these with these corporations, yep. like it's not just your water; it's not just my water. Exactly, and I think that's the point to be made. I think um, right now we're 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 trying to keep our heads above water, right. metaphorically, as far as keeping up on on our narratives and our our media presence and all of that. But I think it's really important to note that we're trying to shift this narrative to to take this focus and all this energy that we've been able to, to build around this one pipeline, but to shift that narrative to something larger, not only are, can we stop this pipeline, but we can start addressing the system that allows and creates the demand for these pipelines. And I think that's the significant thing to look at. And that's what connects us all is this, the common thread between everybody here is the water right. And the United States is not unique in what we're dealing with. Um, this is going on all over the world everywhere is dealing with water there's water wars that are going on currently in other countries and we have to acknowledge that and we have to be able to do our parts um collectively and individually to be able to bring awareness around this um once that water is gone we're not getting it from anywhere else so the idea that this doesn't impact us that this isn't a an issue that relates to us just because those areas have clean water at this moment it's not going to be like that for very long. And right. you can't ship water in from other places that have already been contaminated. 
and that's the state that we're in right now. Well, I just, um, and so I think that's significant. Right. I mean, it, it's funny because with environmental racism and classism, obviously people who are of color, people who are poorer, they suffer the consequences more than privileged people. But it is one of those things that eventually it's going to kill everyone, right? So it's not it's, yeah. it's out of self-interest that people should care. Of course, again, I'd like people to care for the sake of humanity and, and interconnectedness, but that doesn't always happen. Um, but mm -hmm. I do think that it's a cool callback for the United States government because of the history of the U.S. government totally ignoring and violating treaties with Native people. Um, yep. It's a nice way to kind of wrap it up and, you know, and uh, follow. I'm being sarcastic. Uh, you, you don't know me that <laughs> yeah. well, so I should probably say that. But um, Gabe, my co-host, got a little nervous. Yeah, I was nervous like, whoa, things this. just got real, no, real but, crazy well, right know, wing. Yeah, yeah, crazy right wing. No, but I'm, I mean, I'm saying, like, lest anyone think that the U.S. government is incapable, lest anyone was ever kind of doubtful of the of the claim slash the undeniable history of the U.S. doing terrible things in their in their negotiations um this is a great way to kind of point to that and remind people that it not only did it happen in history but it's still happening yeah i mean it's, it's literally i mean i don't even know if it's repeating itself i feel like it's just this long continuation right. of what was already done i mean sure. that yeah, image right. itself you can find the exact same image or the image of the dog attacking the guy that from saturday you can find that exact same image um drawn from when christopher columbus landed here Wow. And so it's like, it's that real. Right. And you can find that exact same image with our relatives down south, you know, in their communities of when the conquistadors and the Spaniards came in and used the same tactics on them. Right. This isn't a new story. Right. It's not even history repeating itself. It's just a continuation of what's already been going on. And it's just coming to light now. Exactly. Finally, right. Because it is impacting everybody. Right. It's like with police brutality. It's not that it wasn't happening, but now it's being captured no. visually and on video. Exactly. Right. And of course, obviously, the, the Jim Crow era use of attack dogs, um, mm -hmm. which is, you know, another historical reference. Um, but no, you make a really, yep. really good point, which is that it's not like the, this comes and goes. It's been a con continuation. It's just a question of how publicized it is well um crystal yeah. thank you so much for joining us and we definitely want to have you back and maybe we can get some live reports from you when you're back in uh in north dakota yeah for sure thank you so much awesome well thank you so much for your support have a good day you thank too you. you too bye. okay bye bye thanks guys this has been the katie halper show you can find us every week don't forget we're now at 7 p.m on wednesdays uh listen to us Wednesdays at 7 p.m. at WBI.org online or 99.5 FM. And uh, we will see you next week.